Thank you for tuning in to the Asking God Why podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. This podcast approaches the Bible with the question, Why? Let's look at the Bible to answer life's questions. Here is your host, Jameson Stewart. Hello and welcome to Asking God Why. In this episode today, we're going to be asking the question, why was Jesus's crucifixion different? What was different about his crucifixion? And we'll be in Matthew 27 in this episode. Well, in, in helping to answer the question, what was different about his crucifixion? Why was his crucifixion different? Uh, really, and what that question assumes is it's knowing that there were a lot of people under the Roman Empire who were crucified. Jesus and the two criminals crucified along with him were not the only three people ever to be crucified. This was a, this was a common punishment, common form of capital punishment that the Roman Empire used. So what made Jesus's crucifixion different? Well, we look to the text in Matthew 27, verse 1 through 10. What made Jesus' crucifixion different? One thing is that his betrayer regretted his actions. Judas, seeing that Jesus had been, been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver that, that the, the chief priest and the elders had given him for betraying Jesus. He brought that back, and he was saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And then Judas throws down the pieces of silver in the temple, and he departs, and he goes out, and he hangs himself. He regretted his actions because he, the one who betrayed Jesus said, I have sinned because he is innocent. He has done nothing to deserve what he's about to receive. Why was Jesus' crucifixion different? Well, because the one who betrayed him ended up saying, I have sinned because I have betrayed an innocent man. In verse 11 through verse 14, what made, uh, why was Jesus' crucifixion different? is he remains silent when he stands before Pilate. When he stands before the, the, the Roman governor of the area, so to speak, the one who basically could condemn him to death or free him, he remains silent. It says, Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, and Jesus said to him, It is as you say. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and the elders, he answered nothing. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? Aren't you hearing all the things they're saying? Are you going to say anything in response? But he answered him not one word, so that the governor marveled greatly. Jesus is being accused by all these folks and all these accusations are being hurled at him. And Pilate says, don't you hear all these accusations? Are you not going to respond? And Jesus is silent. And Pilate marvels because this is not what would normally happen. The one who's accused is not normally standing there silent. 
Normally, you're going to want to try to defend yourself. Jesus does not do that. Why was Jesus' crucifixion different? Well, the one who betrayed him said he's innocent. And then Jesus, when he is standing on trial before the governor, before Pilate, Jesus remains silent, even though he's being accused of having done all these things. Jesus also, what made his crucifixion different, is that he took a criminal's place. Jesus took the place of someone who was guilty and who, by law, would have deserved to hang on the cross. The governor, accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wished, and he at that time had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Other uh, of the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they mentioned that Barabbas was a, a violent criminal. He was a revolutionary. He was an insurrectionist. Barabbas truly was what the Jews were accusing in this moment Jesus of being. The Jews were accusing Jesus of being this insurrectionist against Rome, this revolutionary against Rome. That's exactly what Barabbas was. And Pilate asked the multitude, and he says, Who do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus who is called Christ? He knew they had handed him over because of envy. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him, saying, Have nothing to do with that just man, speaking of Jesus, saying, uh, I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, What what then shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? And they all said to him, Let him be crucified. Then the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? Remember, crucifixion. This was capital punishment reserved for the worst of the worst. Barabbas is, a, is an insurrectionist, a revolutionary. He has been involved to some extent in a revolt against Rome. Pilate knows Jesus is innocent, certainly not guilty of anything deserving death on the cross. He says, why should I crucify him? But Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that an uproar was rising. He takes water, washes his hands, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And so all the people answered and said, His blood be on us and on our children. He releases Barabbas to them, and when he had scourged Jesus, brutally beaten and whipped him, that would have brought Jesus uh, probably near to the point of death, he delivered him to be crucified. Why was Jesus' crucifixion different? Because his betrayer regretted his actions and confessing, I have sinned, I've betrayed an innocent person. Jesus, his crucifixion was different because he remained silent before Pilate. And also because Jesus 
actually took a criminal's place. It should have been Barabbas on the cross, but Jesus, an innocent individual, took the place of a guilty person. Why was Jesus' crucifixion different? Because he was tortured and he was mocked for who he claimed to be. Uh, the soldiers, after he's been scourged, they gather around him and they, they strip him of his clothes and put a scarlet robe on him. They put a crown of thorns on his head and a, a reed in his right hand and they bow before Jesus saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They mock him. They spit on him. They, they strike him in the head. And then they lead him away to be crucified. And when they crucify him, they put a sign up over his head. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. And the two criminals, the two robbers who were crucified, the, the two who likely were uh, Barabbas's uh, henchmen, uh, the one that Barabbas was supposed to be crucified along with them. Barabbas has been freed, but they have not been. They also blaspheme him. Those who pass by blaspheme him, wagging their heads, sort of shaking their heads and saying, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. The chief priests, the scribes, the elders, they also are mocking him, saying, he saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he is the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing. Jesus was tortured and he was mocked uh, without stop for who he claimed to be, for who he had demonstrated that he was. Why was Jesus' crucifixion different? Also because at his death, the soldiers became convinced that his claims were true. The text says, from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. So from Noon to 3 p.m., darkness. And about the ninth hour, about nine o'clock, or about three o'clock in the afternoon, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Quoting the beginning of Psalm 22. And some of those who stood there when they heard that saying, This man is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, Let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. Jesus cried again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked and the rocks were split, and the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him, the soldiers who were there, who were guarding Jesus, saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. For the Romans, it was they, they believed that, you know, 
For the emperors, they believed that kings and these emperors were deity, and it was often proven in their minds accompanied by some great sign. You know, in their minds, maybe it was some comet that, you know, came across the sky when the Caesar was was a proclaimed emperor. They believed them to be deity. Here, Jesus dies, and all of these things happen. And the soldiers have heard this man claims to be the Son of God. All this happens, and they say, truly, this was the Son of God. They knew this was no ordinary person. Why was Jesus' crucifixion different? Because he was tortured and mocked for who he claimed to be, and then at his death, some of the very people who had tortured and mocked him the most became convinced that his claims were in fact true. And then Jesus then, why was his crucifixion different? Because after he died, normally the bodies of the people who died on the cross would be left on the cross, their bodies to to be to rot away and to be picked away by birds and, and scavengers. Jesus' body does not remain on the cross. In fact, he receives a king's burial. When evening had come, after Jesus has died, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be given to him. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, laid it in his new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock, And he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. And Mary Magdalene was there and the other Mary sitting opposite the tomb. He was buried in a tomb. This was the burial of a king. This was a rich man's burial. This was not the burial of a, a, a common person of the day. This was certainly not a burial that people who were crucified usually received. This was the burial of a rich person, a noble, a king. Why was his crucifixion different? Because when he died, his burial was totally different than the norm for people who were crucified. And then as we close this chapter, I want to end this chapter with a question to sort of lead into what happens next. We've read about Jesus' crucifixion being different. And I want to ask this question. Since when do dead men need a guard? Since when do dead people need a, a, an armed, strong guard at their tomb? On the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember, while he was still alive, how that deceiver said, After three days I will rise. Therefore command that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, and say to the people, He has risen from the dead. So the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard, go your way, make it as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the guard. 
You may say, oh, yeah, well, well they're just setting this guard to, to protect against the disciples stealing the body. And, and I suppose that's what they were trying to do. But it's interesting because of what we're about to read. What, what were they so afraid of? They knew the power of Jesus. They knew what he was capable of. They even saw the things that happened when Jesus died. Since when do dead men need a guard? And what we're going to find in the next chapter, in our next episode, Lord willing, is that not even an armed guard, not even a sealed tomb could hold Jesus. I appreciate your good attention in this episode. I hope you will continue to listen to this episode. I hope you'll check out uh, the other podcasts on the Scattered Abroad Network. Uh, Please, uh, if you like this, share this episode uh, with your friends, with your family, maybe with people you work with. Uh, Leave us a review. Let us know what you think of this podcast. We would uh, sure appreciate it. I hope you have a good rest of your day. Uh, May God bless you. And as always, Stay curious. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. That's the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.